Hi, this is Michael Lowe, and you're listening to May I Ask You a Question? My next guest is Jason Lowe, who is the youth pastor at Bread of Life Church in Torrance, California, podcast host of Breadcrumbs, a ministry of Bread of Life, and he's my brother. In this first episode, we discuss how his family is dealing with COVID-19 and also what it's like ministering to the youth during this time. A link for, the pod- for his podcast is in show notes. Thanks for listening. Jason Lowe, thanks for coming to my podcast. May I ask you a question? Sure, Michael Lowe. I'm glad to be here. And it is quite the honor as uh, you have known me my whole life as my older brother. Um, and you are the uh, youth pastor at Bread of Life Church down in Torrance, California, correct? Yeah, I've been at the church uh, since 1999 and uh, in a pastoral role uh, since late 2009. So oh. <clears throat> more okay. been have had, had, had the title for more than 10 years now. Wow, longevity. It's rare, rare for our generation. <laughs> um, why, don't we, why don't I start off by asking, and as we are in the midst of COVID-19, how are, uh, how are you guys doing? How are you and, and your family doing uh, in all of it? I know the kids are home and it's just kind of a, a weird time, but how yeah. are things going personally? Yeah, I had a lot of conversations uh, with Abby about this, with other people about it. Um, so we're just coming out of spring break. Uh, so spring break was this past week. And uh, pr- the week prior to that was Abby's spring break. So I think we haven't really had the full, uh, you know, fire hose experience because uh, for two of these weeks now, <clears throat> um, the either Abby or the kids were on spring break. So the requirements, demands on their time were less. Um, so this coming week, I think, will be much more challenging. That said, uh, the past like three weeks or so have been pretty difficult. Uh, I think just the, for me, the the hardest part is having to wear so many hats in such mm-hmm. quick succession and to take one hat off, but only to put it back on uh, just a few moments later uh, and <clears throat> finding... Uh, you know, pockets of time to be alone, to, to study, to work have been, uh, it, it, I haven't figured out how to do that well yet. Um, and so, <clears throat> uh, I think I was, we were meeting with our community group, um, a couple nights ago. So they, I joined the call, the call late cause I was on another meeting and they, you guys met, you guys met over zoom on zoom yeah and so they said oh you know like jason do you have anything to add and, and so the only thing i could think of was that i miss work and i miss being alone <laughs> so, um now that's kind of a running joke for me and abby because uh, i i'm amused to her uh sometime last week that i wonder what it's like for people who are single living alone at this time uh and so she said, oh, yeah, it's probably really lonely and difficult. And I said, well, yeah, <laughs> but there's a part of me that kind of uh, glamorizes that <laughs> um, the, the grass on that side of the fence. So um, and she she took she took a small offense to that. Um, I tried to I tried to comfort her and let her know that, that I have no regrets. 
but um yeah yeah so i but all in all it's not bad i think <clears throat> we're seeing uh things out of the family uh, out of the kids that have been uh, real encouragements to us and uh, opportunities that uh, we are grateful for that you know had we'd never had before uh, and so um, yeah I think like with most things and probably with for most people there's good and bad that we're that we're experiencing yeah 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 it's it is interesting because usually you're able to go to a different place, change the context. And then it's just, it, you don't have to think as much about what I'm supposed to do here. And then now you have three kids under 10. <laughs> it's just around you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wearing dad hat, then wearing like youth pastor hat and then wearing chef hat and then, you know, wearing a uh, house cleaning hat, dishwasher hat, uh, three-year-old playmate hat, uh, like, first grader teacher hat and then you know you're just like I, you can't remember which hat you're wearing and you're just like taking them all off and sometimes you feel like you're wearing two at once and <clears throat> I think that's probably the the part of it that I dislike the most yeah 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 there's the uh the separation of all that is, is not the same and it has to be more uh willful intentional mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as a pastor um how has it been amidst COVID-19? Are you in contact with uh, just even the, the students that you interact with or the, the parents, uh, even within your, your small group or community group? How's that been? Mm. Actually, it's, it's similar in that I feel uh, engaged in one, at one level because this is not something I've ever done before, so it's new. And it's challenging a lot of the routines that I had uh, for so many years. It's making me think harder about uh, how we shepherd the kids uh, and <clears throat> engage with the families. Um, and like you mentioned, there has been more intentionality behind my thinking uh, because it's all new ground. Um, but at the same time, there, there is a segment of, of our, of our community where it's just really hard to, to, to reach them, uh, because they're not in the routine of coming regularly to a location where we see them. And, uh, and so they have to much more willingly engage online and and so i think that's been a challenge uh like for example we had a a meetup with our junior class guys uh so i and actually johnny our cousin and another one of the counselors we all got on a, a zoom call and it was it's kind of an open invitation meeting where all the junior guys can can come there's not that many of them our junior class is pretty small we have maybe four or five guys and uh they all they all decided not to join it and so it ended up being just the three of us talking, which, you know, I enjoyed uh, catching up with them and uh, just trying to encourage each other in as um, as, you know, counselors for the students and just, you know, with whatever we were going through. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, we we reached out to them individually as a group, said, hey, we're having this meeting and. 
um, you know, they, it wasn't something that they made a priority. So then they did, just didn't show up. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, trying to do as much as possible to, uh, to engage with the students. Um, yeah. But, but it's, it's much more challenging to do it uh, in this way than, uh, than in, in the usual way. Right. Yeah. It's interesting because um, when you are when you have regularly scheduled things at the church, then it's just obvious, OK, we're available at this time. But now that availability has just changed. And you kind of have you like made a list of, of of the students or categories and just kind of like you, I, what made me think of that is that you said, OK, for all the junior guys, let's set up this Zoom call. Are you doing that with the other, um, I guess, categories and subcategories of uh, students, too? Yeah, so it's stratified a little bit differently from middle school to high school. Actually, the middle school is one of the the parts of the youth that I'm most, um, I don't know if excited is the right word, um, that I've spent more time thinking about how to engage with them because the middle school students are uh, a group where they're a little bit of a hybrid between children and adults, you know, where the high schoolers, the parents give, tend to give them a lot more independence. And so our communication as like a youth ministry with the high school students tends to be more with the students and less with mm -hmm. the parents. It tilts more toward the parents with the middle school students. And so what we'll see, you know, uh, in, in, in the patterns of like the youth ministry, is we get a lot of middle school students who will come uh, out of habit from coming as a part of the children's ministry. But then by the time they get to high school, other things will have replaced church uh, in, mm -hmm. in terms of its importance. And so there's just always a certain level of, um, of like attrition uh, when, when they get to high school. So you have mm -hmm. a class of maybe like 15 eighth graders come to high school <clears throat> and you may end up having eight to nine of those uh, that you regularly see and, you know, five to seven where you're like, they were here every week for middle school. And you start to realize that it was it was one of those activities that their parents authorized uh, or that they they didn't have any other options that that took precedence. But but it wasn't really uh, that they were a faithful follower of Jesus who is committed to, you know, his people. It was that, you know, here's church, I have friends here, and it's a pretty fun thing to do on Fridays, but now they have these other fun things to do. Um, and so I think because of that, in this time of COVID-19, um, <clears throat> uh, because I can't depend as much on their parents dropping them off on the weekends or bringing them to church on the weekends, um, we have to work much harder to to connect with them because we're not as accustomed to connecting with them digitally. Mm. And so <clears throat> one of the things that I'm more excited about is that um, we're, we're doing regular small groups for the middle school students on Zoom. So we have all of our counselors um, doing small groups with, uh, with the students who are willing to, to join on small groups. And so, um, <clears throat> I think like for me, that'll provide an opportunity for our counselors to get to know the middle schoolers in, in a different way. Um, and I, I think could, could really, uh, produce a lot of fruit and pay dividends once we're able to, to gather it together again in person. Um, but, 
you know, with the high school students, um, our, our main meetings for them are happening on Sundays. And so we actually, on, on Sundays, you know, during our like 11.15 hour, we, we, we've been getting anywhere from 25 to 30 students showing up in our Zoom. <clears throat> and so it's pretty encouraging, uh, you know, the- How does that compare to Sundays? Uh, it's actually not too different. It's okay. not too different. Uh, and so you, I think you can see there that the high school students, how much they value uh, just the, the friendships and the community. And so, you know, being able to leverage that desire on their part, uh, to create context for spiritual nourishment and encouragement and shepherding, um, has been, uh, it's been good to see because, you know, it's not, they don't have to get onto the computer and, and log in. Um, right. But to see that a lot of them still are is, is good. Uh, what have they been saying just in terms of how they've been reacting to, um, you know, staying at home, quarantining, all that stuff? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, uh, well, so well, like, when I think about, like, what they're going through and how to, how to care for them through it, uh, I think about, like, what their felt needs are, which is primarily... Um, a lack of social interaction, uh, missed opportunities uh, for the end of the school year. Mm. Especially you think of like the seniors who are missing out on graduation. Uh, one of our seniors said that uh, his first three, three years in high school, he was pretty blasé about yearbook signing. And it was always because in his mind, he just anticipated that his senior year, the yearbook, that he would be uh, much more actively seeking out signatures, you know, mm. you know, the last kind of hurrah and uh, getting signatures from the people who really mattered to him throughout his four years. <clears throat> and so he was pretty disappointed to, to think about the possibility and probably the reality that that, that won't happen. Yeah. So, so I think a lot of closure that students normally can assume uh they they won't get because uh you know the all these year-end high school career-end events are are now canceled um i think on the whole you know they have a pretty pragmatic point of view on it and uh, they realize there's no one really to get angry at about this uh, and it's just kind of a disappointing reality um, yeah but <clears throat> you know, they. I think most of the students that I've talked to have had a pretty resilient attitude toward the whole thing, um, and uh, and actually, as as like for for my my position and my role as like a, a shepherd for the students, it, it does help me to move to. Uh, trying to think in a, in a more, um, in a more Christ-centered way uh, about like the, about COVID-19 and about how we live our lives in this, in this setting and, and trying to highlight those things and encourage the students in that direction um, so that, you know, like a lot of the felt needs that they might have uh, don't, like, you know, they're managing those pretty well. Hmm. Um, what is it that you 
so it kind of it sounds like part of what you mean is that um you're not having to kind of help them unravel or understand what they're feeling they kind of they're acknowledging that and it's kind of clear but you're just it, the the table's set a little bit for you to just um be more uh, have more gospel centered conversations is that yeah. okay yeah. Uh, uh what are you what is it that, are you saying things that are unique to this time uh, well i think for a lot of people like myself included uh I know, I know you and I, we talk a lot about sports. Yeah. And so we kind of have a just never ending conversation on text about, you know, the Warriors or about the Niners. Uh, and, you know, that's part of our friendship, part of our, our relationship as brothers, our childhood. And it's important to us, uh, but there's not much to talk about <laughs> no. in regard to basketball or football these days. And, you know, I'll still update myself on, you know, different things that happen uh, to the teams that I'm interested in, you know, just as a, as a way to pass the time or uh, as a part of my interest. But, you know, the, the news doesn't come very fast. There's not much news to, to consume in the sporting world. And, uh, and so for me, like, that helps to, I think, reshift or recalibrate my vision for um, what what a good life is and mm. what my life ought to be about. Uh, and so, you know, like, and so I, I want to have the same kind of conversations with our students, you know, because they, they're all about certain things, you know, when, when life is not, uh, in, impacted by COVID-19 and now that it is and they have so much time where they're at home and you know they have opportunity to think uh, to reflect on life and, and different things and things are taken away from them it's just natural a natural opportunity to reevaluate and to think about what's really important so I think one of my concerns for our students is that uh, entertainment like video games or streaming, uh, watching YouTube and things like that don't become their lifeline to the, the lack of things to do, uh, right. you know? And so <clears throat> um, try to encourage them to think, Hey, you know, what's really important? You know, what is, uh, like what now that certain things have been stripped out of my life, what am I going to fill it with? Am I just going to fill it with other things that are uh, just as empty or, you know, just as uh, temporary or am I going to fill it with things that will help to set my life, uh, you know, pointed toward, uh, toward eternity and uh, allow those, that, that course or that trajectory uh, to persist even when I don't have to stay at home so much. So I, I think that's kind of what I'm, what's on my mind, uh, what I want for the students. Are there, um, are there books that you're recommending to them or like content that you're recommending to them? Just kind of like, Hey, if you, if you have free time at all, <laughs> which obviously, obviously they do, but like, yeah, well, yeah. So I'm trying to create content for the students, 
uh, so I'm pointing to them to some content, but also trying to create content uh, for for them to consume. Um, <clears throat> uh, and so I shortly after everything happened, I created a YouTube channel uh, for them to subscribe to. And so we've been using that to, to put out, yeah, just videos about different things. So shortly after, for the first couple of Fridays, I would post a message, just kind of a response to what was going on. Uh, but then <clears throat> this, not not yesterday, but uh, the week before Good Friday, I started a series on First Peter. Uh, and so moving forward, as long as we're kind of in this mode, uh, we'll be going through the book of First Peter. And, uh, you know, it's a book written to... Uh, Christians who were exiled and spread out in, um, you know, in Asia Minor and talks about the things that they were going through. You know, a lot of them, for them, it was like suffering for their faith. Um, but it's talking about, you know, faithfulness through that. And so uh, trying to offer that that particular perspective to the, the students in, in this time of the, the coronavirus um, and, you know, we had already been doing a podcast throughout, uh, 2019 and, uh, like strangely enough, the episode that was released, we le released one episode a month. And so the episode that was released for April was titled going to church. Uh, <laughs> and so I actually started off the episode doing a calculation, actually, sorry, the internet did a calculation for me <laughs> as to how many days, uh, hours minutes seconds it had been since we last met uh and and so i just talked about the the idea of what it means for us to go to church and why going to church is so essential for christians uh and and so yeah no, don't don't talk too much about that yet don't talk too much about that i wanted to get into that i really liked that episode oh okay um, okay so yeah so, yeah. so so everything, but, you know, that episode was already going to be kind of angled that way. But, uh, you know, having the coronavirus prevent us from going, quote unquote, going to church uh, mm -hmm. added a flavor to it that I think was, uh, I think it, it helped to, to add a good flavor to it because, you know, there was a particular relevance and sensitivity to the idea of going to church, something that students would maybe otherwise take for granted or uh, be uh, seen negatively mm -hmm. uh, is now something that they long for. Right. And so, you know, trying to take a lot of different things that we push toward them and uh, help to frame it in terms of the, the impact that the coronavirus is having on our world um, is, is one of the ways I think we're trying to help shift that perspective uh, and set them on a course that will be Christ-centered and uh, faithful for, you know, for the, for their adult years. Um, <clears throat> so that's some of the things that we're trying to do. I think we're also um, taking advantage of a lot of the things that the guys over at the Bible project have produced. I think it, yeah. like what, what they've produced has uh, uh, been, it lends itself easily to uh, uh, being used in, in a time like this. So being able to watch their videos together and have discussions and using some of their materials to, to talk about things. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, their, their stuff is great. And it's, it is interesting because in a time like this, it just highlights a little bit more that in many ways, they're, they're a content company, but they just have the most valuable content. Or the, the, the content that they're uh, focused on is the most valuable con- content yeah. uh, of any of the content out there. Right. And so right. Um, when I don't know if any of them have any of the students have asked you this, but if they ask you, hey, how should I view COVID-19? Um, maybe not just the effects on us, but even the virus itself, but also, I guess, the effects on us as a society. What do you say to them? Uh, it's funny. No one's asked me that. Except for me. <laughs> you. So I guess I'll be ready when they do ask me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> if they ask me. Um, are, are you asking in terms of like theologically, uh, or are you asking in terms of um, uh, just what I think it's doing to our world? Uh, I suppose both. I mean, like, uh, um, if if I was, um, I don't know if being that age, if I would have had the the um, the words to put around it, but there probably would be part of me that's wondering, like, I need some perspective on what's happening here because in, in many ways this is larger than, I mean, I, I feel that way as uh, somebody in my mid thirties, like I, I need to know, or I, I want to um, get a sense for how, how something so large um, should be viewed in the context of just the normal life that I had before, but then also in the course of who God is and what God is doing and uh, those sorts of things. <laughs> well, so one of the things that I, the students do ask me are questions that have been uh, theological difficulties for centuries. Uh, so a lot of the questions they have are questions that uh, humanity has had about God and about what he's doing. This is because during coronavirus or even before? No, 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 no. Just, just in the normal course of like youth ministry, you know. So they're just human questions. They're not student questions. You know, questions about sovereignty, free will, questions about uh, what God, what motivated God to create and create the way that he did, uh, evil, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and... One of the points I I will usually make to them is that part of our part of who we are is is created beings who have limited perspective, and um, there are going to be tensions that we just won't be able to resolve because uh, it's part of our identity is is having um, a limited perspective. And so not just limited in terms of what we can see, but limited in terms of how our wisdom and how we can process <clears throat> everything that's happening in our lives and the world around us. Um, and so I, I feel similarly about the coronavirus, um, which is that I don't really know uh, where this is going to fall in, in the, the grand scheme of history. Uh, and, and how we'll look back on it. Um, I was encouraged, or it did offer me some perspective uh, when I read, I think it was on the Gospel Coalition, 
um, someone quoted um, a, a talk or something that C.S. Lewis gave about uh, what was happening with the atomic bomb in World War II. Mm. And um, his, his basic message was that there, we're, what we're going through and the threat to our existence is not new. That uh, for just about all of human history, there have been threats, worldwide threats to our existence. And uh, a lot of times those threats are man-made. Other times those threats are not. Um, and most of the time, they're not on a global scale like this, so we can compartmentalize. Um, but there are always these existential crises that we that we go through as humanity. And so the coronavirus in, in that kind of a category is not new. Uh, <clears throat> I imagine a lot of people were asking similar questions, you know, when World War II was happening and, you know, all of when America had to get involved and the country stopped entirely and everything was all about not producing, you know, medical equipment, but it was about producing, you know, uh, instruments of war, F factories that used to produce things for peacetime are now uh, repurposed to producing things for wartime, which is basically what's happening now, right? The, our country is stopping and <clears throat> companies that once produced, you know, you read stories about companies that produce things like alcohol are now <laughs> producing, you know, hand sanitizer and things like that. Um, yeah, that's what so, my company's doing right now. We're making masks because we, um, yeah. we have the equipment for it. Right, exactly. And so I, I think that that offers me some perspective and it helps me to settle a little bit and so I think you know that's one of the things that I would share with the students is I don't exactly know what God is doing with the coronavirus or you know how this fits into the bigger picture um, where this is all going to end up um, and um, you know and, and that's both okay and not okay it's unsettling and you know you just you're not supposed to be like, this is all great and okay. But at the same time, uh, the things at the top, you know, who's in charge, uh, the, his plan. And, uh, you know, you read a book like Revelation and you see the things that are supposed to transpire. Uh, no matter how you interpret it, it's a lot of bad stuff. And the, the end is God recreating and bringing everything to its consummation. And all of the bad stuff that happens before that doesn't threaten the, the final reality. And so I think as Christians, um, the coronavirus, as bad as it is, even if it gets a lot worse, even if it invades my own life uh, and rocks my world, the bigger picture isn't threatened. Uh, and I think, you know, that's, that's really what, what, we, what we worry about. We worry about whether the big picture is threatened or and, well, we worry about a lot of things. But <clears throat> I think ultimately what we don't want is our entire world to collapse. And if we think big enough and we keep our eyes on uh, the creator, then uh, there's really nothing that can make our whole world collapse. Um, sure. Yeah. I, that's what I would encourage them to do. Hmm. Um, yeah, uh, that's helpful. I mean, it, it's, I don't know, I, there's part of me that's just, uh, I've thought some of those things, um, I've also kind of, there's three tenets that have just kind of been prominent in my mind of faith, resilience, and community. Faith being like, okay, we just need to remember that God is who he says he is, even during times like this. 
there's a resilience that's going to be necessary because this is going to last longer than um, we want it to for sure, but probably longer than like it longer and at a greater intensity at a broader scale than we we would ever expect anything like that to happen. Um, and then the community aspect in my mind is just okay. It people uh, within a certain age range or a certain demographic aren't going to be affected as much as other demographics, but we have to limit ourselves, quarantine, whatever else, for the sake of com- the communities that we're a part of and the, the global community at large. And um, But there's also a part of me that's just like, I, I'm really curious to know what I'm going to think of this in, you know, in a year, in five years, in 10 years. And, yeah. You know, you know, Lord willing, if I'm around for that. <laughs> right, right. You know, Mike, uh, uh, our fourth grader said it dawned on him and he said you know like this is this is going to be in history books like they're going to read about this one day yeah we're like you're right you know like like you're doing um you know he's doing this like california mission project it's in his history book social studies book and um you're exactly right you know you going to uh to get food provided by your school district uh, every morning will be a footnote in history as one of the impacts that coronavirus had, uh, right. you know, and so you're, you're, you're a part of like, you're living through like, uh, something that will be, a, I don't know if it'll be a whole chapter in a history book, but it'll certainly be a significant section of a history chapter. All right. That concludes our first episode with Jason Lowe, youth pastor at Bread of Life Church in Torrance, California. In our second episode, my brother and I discuss Breadcrumbs, the podcast he does for the youth at Bread of Life. Stay tuned and stay safe. Faith, resilience, and community during COVID-19.